Hello and welcome to another edition of the Panthers Tracks podcast. I'm your host, Ellis Williams, joined as always by my mother's three favorite people, me, myself, and I. It's late, but as Scott Van Pelt says, I'm not tired yet. It's 1.10 a.m. East Coast time. I'm at a hotel near Newark, Newark Airport. I've been saying that wrong this the whole time. I apologize. I'm from Minnesota. 8 a.m. flight, and we're back at it tomorrow. Panthers coach Matt Rule will be speaking to media at 1.45 p.m. about the Panthers' 19-16 loss to the New York Giants. An uninspiring, concerning, and boring loss from the Panthers. And though it's late, I, I, I have a feeling I'm going to go for a good 20 or 30 minutes here because there's a lot to talk about. We're going to run through this using the 10, 10 truths and a lie gimmick. I think that's an effective way to get some points across. Because there were a lot of truths in this game. We found some stuff out as we do each week as this league progresses. So let's get right into it. The first truth is that this offense is boring. This Carolina Panthers offense is boring, y'all. Baker Mayfield threw for 145 yards. Christian McCaffrey did eclipse 100 yards for the first time since 2019. And it took him 20-plus total touches to do so. The team went two for 12 on third down, couldn't pull long drives. The lone touchdown drive came on their opening series of the third quarter. They traveled like 67 yards in three plays. DJ Moore had two catches for 45 yards and a touchdown on that drive alone. He finished the game with three catches for 43 yards because his third, his first reception was went for a gain of negative two on a first quarter jet sweep. Strange, tough to explain. Obviously, I need to go back and do a rewatch at some point tomorrow or Tuesday. Hopefully, we can get some all 22 work in because there's just things I got to look at, y'all. But initially, it's just obvious this is a boring offense. It's an offense that can run the football, but it, it, all the yards seem hard to get, right? Like, man, I mean, I don't ever want to hear anything about protecting Christian or workloading Christian or that dude just that dude had 20 carries and took hit after hit after hit none of those yards were easy he's Christian McCaffrey they get that he can't get an easy eight sometimes I mean you know he had a couple chunk runs besides this 49 yarder he had you know an eight yard run he had like a 12 yard screen pop a little bit but even then it felt like he was making a guy miss every time he got the ball, had to make one guy miss, right? And then two guys, then take a hit off contact and gain three yards after contact. And it just didn't look comfortable, didn't look easy for anybody. And I don't know if that's a good Giants defense. Like Leonard Williams, their star defensive lineman, didn't finish the game. No KV on Thibodeau, fifth overall pick. No Aziz Ojolari, their second round pick from a year ago. But that's Raven, former Ravens defensive corner 
coordinator Wink Martindale. He's an aggressive blitzer, and that's exactly what cost Carolina down the stretch. It, it literally ended the game for him. The last time the Panthers had the ball on a third down, a giant safety is able to sack Baker Mayfield because Ike Kwanu at left tackle doesn't block his guy. He has a blown assignment. He told me after the game and standing at his locker that it was something they'd repped all week and he just blew it when his when the defensive end lined up across from him dropped into coverage. That's a key or a tip off for him that he needs to slide inside because they're going to try and shoot that gap. You know, essentially, uh, you know, a five spot in his right hip. They're going to shoot that gap if he doesn't get inside. And because his defensive end dropped, he needed to get inside. And he told me after the game, he just blew it. He just didn't do it. The last time the Panthers got the football. So that's the crux of all this, really, is blown assignments, missed opportunity but an overarching, boring offense, which goes into my second truth that Ben McAdoo must innovate. He must become more creative. Go watch the Los Angeles Rams-Atlanta Falcons game. and You don't need to watch the whole thing, obviously. There's one play I want to talk about. It's Cooper Cup's second touchdown. What the Rams did is they put Cooper Cup in the backfield in a split back formation. So Matt Stafford's in shotgun right here. Daryl Henderson, the running back, is to Matt Stafford's left. Cooper Cup, the star wide receiver, is to Matthew Stafford's right. At the snap, Cooper Cup runs a simple sling route. Matt Stafford dumps it off to him in the flat. Pitch catch, super easy. They're at like the 13-yard line. The wide receiver to, on the boundary side, to the right side, where Cooper Cup is, was actually a tight end who they flexed out in the, what they call a nub alignment. And all he did was run a simple spot route. And he hooked, you know, five-yard depth inside. And he occupied the area that the defender who was on Cooper Cup needed to clear in order to expand with Cup to the sideline. They ran into each other. You know, an unintentional pick play really is what it all was. But the reason Cup is matched up on a linebacker there is because Sean McVay and the Rams understand the Atlanta Falcons' man coverage rules, where if you have a player in the backfield, again, because of what they were in, it doesn't matter that that's number 10. He's technically a running back, and because of the rules that goes to the linebacker, and because it's on the left side of the center to the eyes of the defense, that goes to Malik Walker. No. Mikel Walker, the Atlanta Falcons linebacker, the mismatch, and Cooper Cup had a walk-in score. DJ Moore and Christian McCaffrey shared the backfield once today, which was a jet sweep. And I'm not saying the Rams and the Panthers should have the same offense. I'm just saying it's so easy for one team to do it in a, a situation. Why can't the, the Panthers do it in a situation? And, and, and it's not because need to have like one gadget play that works it's about repetition and blending your offense so that your runs look like passes your passes look like runs and when the opportunity strikes you can take advantage of a mismatch that you've been planning on the whole game 
maybe the Panthers had some of those and they just didn't hold up and protection breaks down or something. And, you know, unless I know every play call and how it should perfectly work, I, I can't sit here and say they aren't trying, but this is just the result appears to be that Ben McAdoo is unimaginative. And some of that is obvious just on service level. We're not seeing a lot of pre-snap motion. We're not seeing a lot of hard counts from Baker Mayfield. We're not seeing, you know, much two-back personnel stuff looks pretty stagnant in 11. You know, three wide receivers, one tight end, one running back. So we'll see. It's still really early in the season, you know. I've said it before. I don't want to overreact to anything. I think every season, every team needs three to four games in a season to figure out what it is. We're only in game two. I'll project the schedule out a little later, but let me get to my third truth. Uh, very simple. Fumbling, the opening kickoff is unacceptable. Just, there's no place for it. You need, you've got to be ready to play football. And I'm really going to leave it at that with Chuba because, you know, he probably isn't getting the ball as much as he would like. So don't go out and fumble the opening kickoff. But, you know, a couple plays later, excuse me, a couple series later, Robbie Anderson fumbled a third down play that set up another Giants field goal opportunity. The Giants had six points off turnovers. For a Panthers team that averages 20 points per game, that's far too many. The offense can't turn the ball over, and the defense needs to start getting turnovers. This is six straight games dating back to last season where the Panthers have not had a turnover. My fourth truth, I may have been wrong about Shai Smith. He didn't look good today. And I know he's dealing with a groin, but, you know, if you're healthy enough to be active and healthy enough to be out there, you're not graded on the curve if you pop up on the injury report. He looks small. Obviously, I understand he is smaller in stature, but, I mean, Tyreek Hill and him are the same height, right? But Tyreek plays big, and I don't just mean because of big plays. Tyreek elevates. He's thick. He occupies space really well. Shai had some balls going across the middle where he just didn't have enough to go get to gather the ball. Matt Rule said after the game when asked, you know, if Rashad Higgins is going to get a chance, he just said, you know, I don't think we need to change anything. We need to execute. Well, Higgins is an executor. He's going to go out there and get the job done. You know, it might not be explosive, but he'll get open. I wonder what he could do because that leads into my fifth truth. It's time to give Higgins a shot. Uh, Terrence Marshall was in the game today when Shai Smith was momentarily out. Um, getting looked at under the, under the blue tent. I think Higgins got a snap or two, but I'm not positive. Regardless, he's been very limited these first two games. And just the offense needs a kick, right? Brian Burns and Frankie Lulu played big time. Just big time performances. Uh, Brian Burns, two sacks. I believe he had four tackles. Frankie Lulu had 10 tackles, couple for a loss. Uh, that one where he knifed off the edge in the second quarter, really impressive stuff. But it still wasn't enough, I guess. Like, this defense shouldn't have to play perfect. So, you know, you need to take those as huge positive signs from Brian and Frankie that, uh, you know, they can and probably will be cornerstones of this defense for a couple of years to come. Like, they look great. They look really, really good. My, my seventh truth, uh, I got to check on Jeremy Chin. I need to watch the tape on Jeremy. 
he allowed a first down against their tight end on that uh, a, a little crossing route. Their tight end also scored on a similar play. I don't. I know Jeremy was chasing on the first down, which means they were in man. I don't know if that was Jeremy's responsibility on the touchdown. But regardless, like maybe he's just not a tight end stopper, which you obviously hope your box safety is. But if he isn't, then he's more Jamal Adams, which is a big name, but. And, you know, and it's a couple all pros, but he never really was a cover guy, which meant he was a linebacker, which means it's easy for defenses to attack him because he is deployed as something he's not a cover guy. So I got to watch some tape on Jeremy. I don't want to be hard on him. I just, you know, if you're, if you are supposed to be that a pro bowler and all pro guy, I, I didn't, you know, I could have been like, oh, did Jeremy play today? I don't mean that disrespectfully. It's just like, you know, you, Bill Simmons came up with that. Like, you shouldn't forget if someone played or not. And he, and he did, you know, he came up with that for basketball, but it works for anything. Like, I shouldn't forget if you were out there. I shouldn't have to ask if you were out there, if you're considered a, you know, red or blue chip player on, on a team, regardless of age, um, position, regardless. Eighth truth too many field goals. Uh, what I thought was really interesting the Giants you know they won this game in the fourth quarter with two 50-yard field goals Graham Gano hit a 51-yarder with 12 minutes to play and then hit the game winner with three minutes and 30 seconds to play, a 56-yarder his other kicks went for 36 yards 33 yards yeah so four kicks total the Panthers all three of their kicks for 30-yard kicks. That's frustrating. You know, like, you got to get in the end zone. And I said that going into this season, like, who's going to be this team's touchdown scorers? We're not sure yet. They don't really look like they have one, which means scheme has to get you scores. And I already – I opened the show talking about McAdoo's scheme. Not sure it's there yet. So, too many field goals. They have to be – they're fine. They're, they're, they can do – the job between the 20s it's on third down and red zone which is championship football it's not even championship football it's it's 500 football honestly and the, the, the panthers have a way to go there offensively in situation it, my ninth truth here and this is stuff you get because you tune into the podcast i don't really write it that was a disappointed locker room today after the game you could tell people felt off doesn't mean that they're giving up on that rule. It's the furthest thing that I'm saying. It just, you could feel that that one hurt and that they thought they should have won or felt like they were going to win, whatever you feel like before, during, and slightly after a game, it, it elicited disappointment. You could just tell that they thought the game should have went better and I mean that as in the offense felt disappointed in itself and the defense kept saying things like I can only speak for the defense and that's code for yeah the, the offense better figure it out that's what that code's for because I guarantee you behind closed doors they're saying that and uh, please be very clear that's not me reporting anything I'm just being using common sense like how you talk about the game afterwards with your friends is very similar to how these players talk about it because we're all human right they are in it 
you're observing it at the end of the day, everyone cares. So they're going to talk like humans and a human reaction to this would be that the offense scored 16 points. 10th truth before we get to the lie and we get out of here. The schedule only gets harder, y'all. The schedule only gets harder. Look, the Panthers are already in a must-win situation, and I hate talking like that. It's not even the end of September yet. We're going in – we're. I'm saying the Panthers are going into week three with an 0-2 record. And 1-2 and sounds, feels, and is a lot different than 0-3. They could beat the Saints and be undefeated in the NFC South. See, all this sounds different, better, because it is. After the Saints, they've got a Cardinals team that erased a 20-point deficit today to come back and beat the Las Vegas Raiders. In Vegas, I'm pretty sure. Kyler Murray made plays that no defensive coordinator can prepare for. And I've been hard on the Cardinals on this podcast. I'm still publicly fading the Cardinals, but Kyler Murray showed everybody today the exact reason why he doesn't watch tape. The boy doesn't need to. Now, I told Sheena Quick this once, I'll like Kyler when he's 30 and older because he'll realize that he needs to be as cerebral as Tom Brady while maximizing his one-on-one ability of being Kyler Murray. But, man, this young man has lost, like, one game in high school, didn't lose in college, and can do just things that no one can do. That's going to be a tough game for Carolina. After that, I believe it's the Niners. The team, the Panthers face the 49ers, who lost their second-year quarterback, Trey Lance, today to an ankle injury. He broke his foot, and the team announced he'll need season-ending surgery. Jimmy Garoppolo came in. They won the game, and he'll start going forward. That's bad news for Trey Lance and the Carolina Panthers, quite frankly. That roster's nice, and Jimmy's been to two Super Bowls. After that, after three-game homestand, the team heads to the Rams face Los Angeles. Enough said. Cooper Cup, 11 catches, 110 yards, and two scores today. Just does it over and over and over again. And then after that, they come home for a week seven game against Tom Brady. I mean, there's a world where this team's 0 7, or they're 4 and 3, or they're 3 and 4. I don't know. That's the fun part. That's the stressful part. That's the aggravating part. That's why this is the greatest soap opera available to most of us because we don't know, but we're here for the ride. And whether you like it or not, the Panthers are going to take you on one. So before we get out of here, Here's my lie. The Panthers have nothing to worry about. Now, if I was on the team, if I was a player, a coach, an executive, scout, heck, even a family friend of someone of of the group I just mentioned, I wouldn't worry. First of all, that gets you nowhere. What is was worrying about being 0-2 and potentially 0-3 going to do? You you have to show up to work right now because it's Monday and get better. 
Like, so there's no re like the Panthers aren't worrying because they shouldn't be. But if I like had a future bet on the Panthers, you know, their their Vegas over under was six and a half coming into the year. I'd be worried about that. I'd be worried if I had any Panthers on my fantasy football team. Imagine if I had Panthers on my fantasy football team. Just imagine that. That'd be that'd be cause for concern. This podcast was produced by Michaela Holder. Thank you all for tuning in to the Panthers Tracks podcast. We'll be back later in the week to preview the New Orleans Saints versus the Carolina Panthers. But first, we'll recap all of this on the charlotteobserver.com. Make sure to check out stories in the morning about what we learned from this game, reaction from Matt Rule in the locker room tomorrow, and also including the latest from Scott Fowler who never misses. Thanks for tuning in, y'all. For Ellis Williams, I'm signing off. Good night.